Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices, and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. I'm Matt Greller with AIM. Today's guest is AIM's newest officer and our second vice president, Mishawaka Mayor Dave Wood. Uh, Mayor, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Matt. Great to be here. I should have included in the intro, uh, not only is he the mayor of Mishawaka, but he's an avid Notre Dame fan and a uh, tailgater extraordinaire up at at Notre Dame, right, Mayor? Yes, always, and uh, you're always welcome to come up. Well, we were just chatting a little bit before we got started here about the the legislature, and maybe that's where we should start. Uh, Mayor, you've been really good over the years of uh, engaging legislators on a regular basis, making sure you have a a good relationship with them so when important bills come up, uh, you're ready to have that conversation with them and carry on a a good dialogue on behalf of Mishawaka and, and cities and towns statewide. So maybe just talk a little bit of how you go about doing that and why it's so important. Well, it's it's vitally important. And, uh, you know, our approach here in Mishawaka is really just to build relationships. Uh, these are the same people I see at, you know, maybe at church or at athletic events or around our community. Uh, our kids go to the same schools in, in some cases. And so um, really just try to be a friend, be um, you know, build a, a great relationship uh, and really not talk uh, politics most of the time, but just really, uh, you know, focus on just having that uh, just relationship of, of common backgrounds and things. Um, now, they're public servants, too. And so um, and me being one, I always try to uh, uh, shield them from, you know, some of the uh, things that I hear and all of that and just really try to protect that relationship respecting what they do and and uh, but then when it comes down to it we're here to serve the same people so they live in our community just as I do and so um, we, we try to partner work with them uh, I have uh, at least a couple of meetings a year here at City Hall or in Mishawaka where we get together with our legislators just kind of whether it be one-on-one or as a group and we go through our issues that are impacting all of our citizens, theirs and ours, and uh, and really just try to get on the same page as to how best to serve them. And sometimes it's a city issue, sometimes it's a state issue or even a federal issue, but uh, you know, we just try to uh, get on common ground and, and it's, since we're serving the same people. You know, I can't stress how important that is to, to build that relationship throughout the year, throughout your term in office. It's not just a situation where you're going to them and you need or want something you're just sort of constantly keeping them up to date on what's happening in your city and what's happening at the legislature from from their perspective back to you and so when you do have issues like TIF or environmental issues or property tax issues or whatever it might be it's a lot easier to have those conversations with them. You know, it really is. And uh, having that personal relationship and having them know who we all serve really makes a big impact. And now, you know, granted, we can't always get what we want. Um, You know, they have other pressures that they have to deal with and uh, obviously have to get 
you know, it's difficult to sometimes to get things through a process that involves everyone around the state. And uh, and so we're certainly patient and understanding, too. Um, but, uh, you know, we're pretty fortunate to have some legislators here, uh, and, and I'm sure all throughout the state, but that, that really care about, uh, you know, the state and our community in particular. You know, we talk a lot on our weekly podcasts or weekly legislative summary about so, a lot, many of these issues, but what are, you know, specifically, I guess, Mayor, what are some of the bills you're looking at this session that are of particular importance to, to Mishawaka and cities and towns around the state? So one that really impacts Mishawaka in a big way, but also it impacts 109 other communities around the state uh, as far as CSO communities uh, is our um, as, as a bill we're working on getting through the environmental committee that really puts some legislative certainty into how uh, some of the agencies such as IDEM, um, how, how they uh, regulate. Uh, so we're a CSO community. We have negotiated a long-term control plan with the United States EPA, Department of Justice, and IDEM. And so that process is super subjective. It's based in law, but the regulatory agencies have a lot of leeway that, uh, you know, they can um, really, uh, every community's uh, plan looks a heck of a lot different. Uh, so take, you know, we're Mishawaka, we're bookended by two other CSO communities on the same stretch of the river. Our plans look entirely different based on the same law. So what we're trying to do is to introduce some certainty into that so that we know the lay of the land and can't be held to subjective um, you know, rules or, or whatever that just kind of get invented along the way. So um, we're trying to inject some certainty, which we think will help not only Mishawaka, but all of these other communities because we're faced with such a, a huge burden it's an unfunded mandate in many cases that we have to get in and um, and eliminate combined sewer overflow. But what does that look like for us? We've spent two hundred million uh, plus dollars over twenty years. Uh, we have reached a point where we are ninety nine point five plus percent elimination of CSOs discharge into our river. We're still on the hook for another couple of hundred million to deal with that last point couple of percent that will have zero impact on our river. And it's all because of the rules and the negotiation. So, um, you know, people paying that bill are our ratepayers, And so that's who we are all responsible for. So we're working with the legislator to, to really uh, provide some common sense, inject some common sense in the local government. Uh, we also are, are working on, uh, you know, uh, we've got uh, a growing downtown. Uh, Sun King just moved in. Uh, they operate a park beer garden for us. It's a great little venue. Uh, they provide their beer. We um, really just take a cut of the profit that they make there, but we also do some entertainment there. They have a restaurant right across the street. So you can go to the beer garden to watch a concert wait for uh, you know, your name to be called in the restaurant, uh, order a beer across the street, but you can't walk it over into the restaurant where you're getting ready to have dinner. And so, you know, we want to just update some of the, sometimes it's just the really small bills, small laws that go way back to the 1800s or whatever that 
yet have a big impact on business here and some of the things we're trying to do in our downtown. So we're really we're really optimistic. We're going to be able to have maybe a district this year that uh, we can, uh, you know, have some common sense, uh, you know, liquor laws that are based on uh, today's standards, uh, yeah. you know, take effect. Well, as we record this, Mayor, uh, just yesterday, in fact, uh, one of the bills that de deals with that specific issue came out of committee and it was amended even. So now you can not only carry one, but you can carry two uh, beverages across the street. So hopefully that uh, continues through the process and we can get these areas designated and, uh, as you said, draw some boundaries and make it a little more modern to reflect uh, today's uh, actions and, and uh, standards. So that's that's a good one. I hope we can uh, move through the process. Maybe shift gears here just a little bit. I've been um, with AIM for a number of years and I don't think I can think of another city that's gone through more of a transformation than Mishawaka from the day I started to today, the, the riverfront, your park system. Uh, it's just really amazing. Let me talk about some of your favorite projects in the city and where the development uh, is headed next. You know, uh, we are really experiencing uh, just a, a huge momentum downtown, transformational growth. Um, when, when I think of the Mishawaka of my youth, this is my hometown, it's where I grew up. You know, there was a literally uh, an industrial complex right along the river. Uh, it was the site of Mishawaka's founding back in 18, uh, you know, 88, uh, and so, or 1838, I'm sorry, but anyway, it is, um, it was kind of left for dead in about uh, 1993, and its heyday, it employed 10,000 people when Mishawaka was only 20,000 people population. Uh, it was our biggest taxpayer. It was, you know, it put the food on the tables of most of Mishawaka families' uh, homes and just up and went out of business. And we were left with an environmental wasteland, you know, 57 buildings, downtown Mishawaka, plus $11 million of EPA Superfund cleanup site. And so I remember my, you know, my grandfather worked there. I remember going, he was left without a job, going to a, a city meeting and this is back in the late 1990s with the mayor at the time. And he, knowing that nobody was going to move into those industrial factories anymore, they were, you know, shot. They were, they were uh, you know, trees growing through the roofs by the time uh, we were dealing with them. But um, I remember the conversation he had with the public, and it was a packed uh, meeting. Uh, and he laid out a vision for parks and Riverwalk, downtown Mishawaka. And so the public, most of whom had worked in the factory, uh, I remember the response is, we just lost our biggest employer. We lost our livelihoods. You want to tear those buildings down? You want to put in a park along the river and build a sidewalk? What are you, nuts? Well, I give him great credit for having a vision. He knew that you know, industry didn't need to come back downtown. Uh, we could have been a dying Rust Belt city, and we were on the verge of becoming that. Uh, so... He laid out a grand vision, um, and my predecessor also continued with that vision, and I have been blessed to kind of follow in their footsteps, but continue on with the same vision. And project by project, 
it really adds up into something special. So from where that industrial site was, now we have people not only living there, but paying $3,000 a month in rent to live along the river right next to the parks that we have just built. And we are now not only seeing new residents, but following the residents, we've got several hundred new residential units downtown Mishawaka. Now we have you know, businesses like Sun King, Indiana's biggest brewer, Social Cantina, who's you know trendy, usually only in the Carmels or the Indianapolises of the world. Well, they just opened up in Mishawaka here just a couple of weeks ago. And we continue to invest in quality of life and quality of place. And you know, it, it, we were doing it before it was cool, before it was trendy, but it makes a huge impact uh, in your downtown. And we have seen, you know, our investments um, get doubled or tripled by economic, uh, you know, private investment, which has been very encouraging. You just took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say that the, the city was doing place development before it was was a thing, really, or people talked about it. So let's talk a little bit more there. How has that transitioned the city into being ready to deal with the pandemic and ready to deal with remote workers and being able to have housing developments and places where people want to live in this new new world we all are experiencing today? Well, so that's a very interesting uh, topic because uh, we just opened up two major new projects for us uh, downtown. We just... Uh, took over a building that we acquired, uh, renovated, turned it into our new city hall, police department, and utilities corporate headquarters. Uh, that building was a Liberty Mutual call center. It came in in the 1980s, uh, back when downtowns were kind of dying, when there was more suburban flight. Um, the mayor at the time decided, you know what, uh, we're going to tear down a whole two and a half city blocks, and we're going to market the property. Well, he actually um uh, had Liberty Mutual uh, come in and, and they built a call center. It was kind of a fortress of a building. Two or 300 people worked there. Nobody ever left to go out and, um, you know, patronize any shops or restaurants downtown. Um, but it was a 24-7 call center. Pre-pandemic, uh, this 100,000 square foot building and another block and a half of parking, they decided, you know what? we can give our staff a phone and a computer and let them go work from home. This is pre-pandemic. So we kind of sensed there might be a little bit of a trend there. So Boston called us and said, hey, um, are you interested in this building? And our first reaction was, wow, that's you know way bigger than what we might be interested in. But we love the location right in the heart of the downtown, right on the main intersection downtown. So we converted the, the building because we can never work from home. We provide city services, even during the pandemic, city of Mishawaka, we showed up and provided our essential services in a time of emergency when they're needed most. So uh, we've put about 20 million into renovating this building. It's now a hub, it's a center of activity in our downtown. People are always coming in just to walk around. I mean, we've never seen that at City Hall before. And so um, down, over where those industrial uh, buildings used to be, uh, Flaherty and Collins built a 230-unit apartment complex, mixed use with some retail restaurant down below uh, and Mishawaka's first parking garage. They did it just prior to the pandemic and opened up uh, just right before the pandemic hit. Well, guess what happened during the pandemic? 
they got to 100% occupancy, even on the commercial side, uh, within a very short period of time. And so what we, you know, we were as surprised as anybody, we asked them, who, who is living here? And they said, well, you're seeing about 80% of our residents coming from outside of your city to live here. You're seeing about 35% move in to this from outside of the state of Indiana. And that's exactly what we had envisioned when we started partnering with Filarity and Collins is kind of eliminate the brain drain, but also attract people to live close to these quality of life investments, the parks, uh, you know, the ice rink we just opened up. We knew that those might be popular places for people to visit, for our citizens to, to use, but they're also great places to live next to. And so we're seeing now uh, people move in because they can work from anywhere. They can work from home. And, you know, we have Chicago residents who lived in Chicago move into downtown Mishawaka uh, because we have a great environment, great quality of life. It's safe, which is can't be understated. And also, um, you know, just a, a good, um, you know, you, you can get a lot more for your dollar here and just have some great experiences and still be close to Chicago and work at, at, there if you'd like. That's a great case study, I think. And, you know, when a community makes an investment, you know, it started out as a vision of transforming an old industrial area. And, and now you see what it is today. It's it's very cool. And not every community can do it on a, a scale that maybe you have done, but you can certainly take bits and pieces of that and, and do it in your own city or town. You know, another um, area where you've really been leading the charge is uh, in youth engagement. Uh, we talk a lot about youth councils around the state and how important they are to city and town government and, and building leaders of, of tomorrow. Um, you've maybe got one of the best uh, youth engagement efforts in, in the city. What, uh, what is that all about and, and why do you do that? Well, it's a kind of a passion of my wife and also myself, you know, being a father of four. Um, when I go out, I was just in a high school this morning and talking to a class, history class at my alma mater, Penn High School. And what I love doing is educating about local government because there almost is none anywhere you want to go. Yet these are the services that we provide here at this level of government that make the biggest impact on their life. It's in many cases, the, you know, the, the services that they cannot live without when you think about clean, safe drinking water and public safety and electric that we provide, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, at, at, the, at the school level, you learn about the federal government, you learn a little bit less about uh, the state government, you learn next to nothing about local government. So I've kind of made it my mission as being educator in chief of local government. And so we um, have a youth council that we have inherited, but we've greatly expanded. And we have about 30 kids every year. Uh, it's a two-year program. So sophomores, juniors, seniors, and high school. We have this year, four high schools participating. And so we educate them about local government. Now, I'm not going to get up and lecture them about, uh, you know, what the, the law department does or what the fire department does, but we will put them in full turnout gear. We'll, we'll put it, we will put a jaws of life in their hand and put them in front of a junk car and let them have some fun. Uh, we will take them down to, you know, the water plant or the electric plant, put them up in a bucket truck and have them fix it or climb a pole and have them fix a uh, transformer. Um, and they get a real hands-on experience. It's a lot of fun. I think they get it. We've 
actually had students who we have now hired as employees because of that experience. But most importantly, and they do some community service too, we've uh, got a great project that we do every year. We've provided well now over about 1,500 meals during Thanksgiving, turkey to pumpkin pie everything for Mishawak is less fortunate. The most important part of the program is leadership. We need these kids now. You know, most of Indiana's communities are led by older people. Um, and we want to inject youth into leadership in, in Indiana. It's, it's vitally important that we have old people in leadership who remember what was, but it's as important, if not more important, to have young people involved in, in government looking forward to say what could be. And so we want to make sure that we are putting these kids in a position where not only can they help us make decisions and help us you know, provide some vision going forward, but we want to make that hands-on as well. So um, we have given them a park, a blank slate, uh, $500,000 budget and said, okay, here's your park, here's your project. You get to do whatever you want to do on this. One catch is that you got to do it the same way we do it, work through the government process. And so, um, you know, they, they've transformed a park into the, uh, that was kind of a, you know, uh, obscure neighborhood park into the first park designed by teens, for teens, anywhere that we know of. And so last year, when we built this new, uh, renovated this building for City Hall, uh, we let our youth council decide or design and pick their space within it. So it's uh, a youth council room. They picked out all the furnishings. They designed the space. And guess what? They hang out in here. Even when we don't have meetings, they're in here doing homework or playing ping pong, uh, just enjoying City Hall. I love that. Uh, this next year, they're designing a pocket park for us, and we're competing for some funds downstate to allow us to do a pocket park downtown that our whole, you know, everyone who visits downtown can enjoy. And maybe you're waiting for a restaurant and want to hop across the street and just enjoy a little opportunity to go to a pocket park, or maybe we can do some entertaining there, that kind of thing. Uh, but we're giving them the opportunity to totally design it, not not us in, here in local government, it's the kids who are designing it. And what a great gift for the future. But also, we know that they're going to go off and chase their dreams and pursue their interests. And we encourage that. We just want them to return here to Mishawaka where they can find them. That's pretty cool, especially on the, the park uh, design and, and build out. You know, we, we always talk about parks for young kids or parks for folks with special needs or parks for families, but we often forget about the middle middle segment. And it's pretty uh, pretty interesting project there. All right, Mayor, last question. And it's the one I, I don't know the answer to, and I probably should, uh, but why is Mishawaka called the Princess City? So Princess Mishawaka was a Shawnee uh, princess, daughter of a chief. And so uh, back as history, my history books uh, on the shelf here explain it. Uh, she was the daughter of Chief Elkhart. So if you've heard of Elkhart, just the city and county over to our, to our east. Um, so the Shawnee were here in this area, as well as the Potawatomi. And so Princess Mishawaka was uh, the daughter of a chief, and so that's why she was called Princess. And she ended up marrying a white 
uh, settler or, or um, I guess, uh, trapper who was here. And uh, so that would have uh, been our namesake. And so we, we take, uh, we, we take uh, great pride in having uh, Princess Mishawaka, a strong Native American woman, as, as really our, uh, you know, as one of our, uh, our you know, figureheads, founders almost. Pretty cool story. A lot of uh, communities in Indiana have a, a, a deep Native American history, so that's uh, cool to learn about. Well, Mayor, thanks for uh, joining us here on the AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for all your service to AIM. Thanks for your service to Mishawaka, and I'm sure we'll be seeing you soon. Mm -hmm.